our viewing audience. Welcome to this week's episode of Heads Up, a program about mental health and wellness. I'm retired school counselor Sue Mullen, and with me is my co-host, licensed marriage and family therapist, Diane Vaccarello. Diane Vaccarello. Sue Mullen. Hi, good to see you. <laughs> Great to see you too. How have you been? Uh, good, good, good. I had a good week. How about you? Excellent week. Yep. Yes. I'm waiting for the snow to fall. But, I know. It uh, felt like it was going to. It was pretty chilly, but yep. rain. Yeah, and we can always use the rain yeah, because exactly. you know there are two conditions in New Hampshire, right? There's flood and drought. True. So, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we can always use the rain. Exactly. So, um, Diane, we are looking at our fourth episode talking about sort of the global concept of wellness, mm -hmm. which according to the Wellness Institute, has six components to it. Mm -hmm. And one of those components is the intellectual component, which we're gonna be talking a little bit about today. Yes. And our audience doesn't know this, but we do because we entertained each other <laughs> with the idea that just today we had two totally different ideas That's true. about what that intellectual component was comprised of. Mm -hmm. So as I always do, I'm gonna give you just a little bit of a lead in with what the Wellness Institute has to say about it and then ask for your thoughts on it. Excellent. Sound like a plan? It does. Okay, good. So the Wellness Institute describes the intellectual dimension as being about expanding your knowledge, skills, and abilities through personal growth and development and basically uh, maintaining an open attitude to learning about all kinds of different things. Mm. So maintaining an active and open mind, Seeking out opportunities that stretch and challenge your mind, stimulating creativity and problem solving. That is one packed sentence. That is a very extensive explanation of intellect. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because I think part of what we have talked about is how each one of these components affect the other. Mm -hmm. And I do think that we've been talking about like growth in all these areas. How do you stretch and exercise certain muscles? You know, we talked about physical mm -hmm. and there's the brain is a massive muscle, right? In terms of like stretching and growing mm -hmm. and continuing to evolve and develop. And so if we are stagnant and we don't do that, you know, what does that look like? Good point. Mm. Very good point. Uh, let's think about stereotypes for a minute. Okay. So when I first said to you, I want to talk about the intellectual dimension, mm -hmm. did you automatically think, oh, smart people? Yes. All right. Yes. It's interesting because the reality is that every person, regardless of ability or disability, has an intellect. Mm -hmm. That intellect is able to manage varying degrees of information, but we all, at some level, are thinking about things all the time. True. When are we ever not thinking? Right. I mean, it's um, an interesting concept, the idea of doing nothing, but thinking about nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we can have like, uh, you know, we talk about meditation and mm -hmm. trying not to get attached to a thought yep. or an emotion, right? And just letting it kind of pass through, but we can't really control that something pops up, but we can decide what we focus on. So when you're, when you're treating people, do you have to actually cue some people into taking time to think? 
I find mostly it's around people perseverating on certain thoughts mm -hmm. over and over, but not necessarily expanding. Um, I think what I end up doing quite often is talking about identifying what the thought is, mm -hmm. maybe what the emotion is that goes with that. Um, but the cognition is sort of deciding, is this useful mm -hmm. or do we need to replace this cognition, this thought with something different that okay. works better? So you're basically challenging people's thoughts yes. sometimes. Yes. Okay. I would say so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, how important is it to people to be perceived as uh, being smart? Well, I think it, it probably smart is identified in various ways. So one of the things that I was mentioning and we were talking about um, earlier was the idea of, you know, intellectual quotient or IQ and EQ, which is emotional quotient, and both can be perceived as intelligent forms of intelligence and um, smart, right? Mm -hmm. But I think today we're really focusing on more the intellectual quotient in a sense, you know, the idea of developing right. um, different thoughts and, and cognitions, but that there are, it doesn't just mean reading books and doing research. Mm -hmm. It can be expanding that through different hobbies and um, exploring different subjects that you don't know much about, right? right. In order to grow your um, knowledge. Uh, but then what? What do we do with that? I think is maybe important for us to talk about today um, and why is it important that we don't just stop there and absorb information only right. I, I think that um, I think people sometimes feel guilty sort of following their heart or following mm. their passion into intellectual pursuits because uh, at least in my limited world you know which is the small neighborhood of Bedford New Hampshire right um, Yes, reading books and magazines, but also things like being a patron of the arts, mm -hmm. uh, doing a, a certain amount of travel. Mm -hmm. All of those things are really intellectual pursuits, are they Absolutely, not? stimulating for the brain. Mm -hmm. And the more exposure we have in a lot of ways, I think that um, it lends itself to figuring out what type of a thinker we are, what mm -hmm. type of a learner even. You know, that idea of open-mindedness and being um, malleable or flexible with our thoughts and uh, ready to take on new thoughts, I think is a really strong sign of mental wellness mm -hmm. and um, it actually contributes to physical health too because we feel capable and you know stronger I feel like so one of the things that's also interesting is when you were talking about traveling and arts and music all of these things that we um, are looking at as far as expanding intellect um, and the idea you mentioned um, earlier in our conversation the idea that like when someone is studying the arts and music how that reinforces their ability to learn a language for example yes because the ear yes. you know can pick up subtle inflections and things like that but it's exposure and it's really allowing ourselves our brains to be malleable uh, it's funny that you should say that because when I was uh, still actively employed in the school system mm -hmm. I frequently would have kids, because my population was middle school, I would frequently have kids come into my office and complain about something that they were studying. Mm -hmm. You know, like, why do we have to learn algebra? I'm never going to use algebra in my entire life. You know, why do we have to take an art class? I can't draw, I can't. And to your point that the brain is a huge muscle, 
different parts of the brain are stimulated by different activities. Exactly. So whereas, you know, the traditional reading, writing, uh, not so much arithmetic, but reading and writing yeah. stimulates one part of the brain, mm -hmm. music, math, the arts yes. can stimulate a totally different part of the brain. Exactly. And if you're talking about wellness, we go back to that idea of trying to be a balanced person, right? Right, and the whole big picture of our And challenging selves. yourself outside mm -hmm. of your comfort zone. Exactly. Yep. That is a really important piece of, if we can continue to challenge ourselves, learn more information, absorb that in a way that, you know, again, then what? If we can bring that to also other people or be mm -hmm. open-minded to receiving information from others, it also is a connecting kind of thing too. Um, one of my favorite pastimes is finding antiques and like learning about them. It's all about sort of like gathering information and understanding what that was used for, but it's more because I'm uh, connecting with a person who's telling me the story. Right. And that's really interesting to me. And there's just something about it I can't really explain other than if we just go and follow our passion or pursue what brings us joy in mm -hmm. that sense, mm -hmm. It learning is very easy, right? You just right. want to keep doing more of that. Um, and it's not that feeling of like, I have to sit down and get a certain amount of information to absorb into my brain. It's much more of a flow. It's funny. Know? I just put my golf clubs away. Oh It is December. It is December. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> you know, hope springs eternal, but in New That's Hampshire, true. you do not play golf generally yeah. beyond the first part of December. Yeah. Uh, and I, one thing that I particularly like to do because I've, you know, never truly been an expert at anything but a teacher of mm, many things. I love that. I love taking people out on the golf course and teaching them oh. sort of the fundamentals of playing golf because that. in my mind, golf is really uh, geometry. Wow. And so... Being able to put it into a framework rather than, you know, winning and losing and score and whatever that, you know, you're standing here in space and time and you've got to get this little orb right. there. What kind of angle do you have to attack this at mm. and at what kind of speed? Right. Physics. In order, yeah, in order to get that orb from your feet to, to where it wants to be. And it's really pretty intellectually stimulating when you think of it as being that. a math problem. I also do fencing, which I have found to be more intellectually stimulating sometimes than physically stimulating. It's both, mm -hmm. but it's really trying to kind of read if there's any tell from your opponent mm -hmm. to see where you want to sort of like enter into that space. And I think there are so many things in life that are that way. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like a physical chess, a game of chess in a sense. Right. Yeah. So tell me a little more about this. I, I, the tell. So oh, yeah. are you looking, you can't see somebody's eyes in fencing, can you? No, there's a mask, but sometimes you can, t there's almost like an energy that you can read or maybe a little bit of a flinch or, you know, a movement that will indicate where they might be heading next. And so it's really important to pay attention to those kinds of things. Okay. And so in that sense, you're already pre-planning sort of what it is that your mm -hmm. um, move is going to be. Uh, fascinating, yeah. absolutely yeah. fascinating. I never thought of it mm -hmm. uh, uh, like that. Yeah. Though we've all seen 
at least Olympic fencing. Sure, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we know about the lunging and dropping back and all of that stuff, but I never thought of it as yeah. really kind of... Very, uh, in my opinion, intellectually you know, uh, stimulating. Uh, 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 investigation, if you will, of yes. the other person. and uh, Very much. Hmm. Yeah. Hobbies are an interesting way, I think, to sort of provoke intellectual stimulation. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know that there are tons of opportunities in our community, at the very least, uh, in terms of book groups. Yes. And theater groups, you know, mm -hmm. groups that, that go and see plays and then discuss them or whatever. Right. Um, one of the tenets that I read when I was prepping, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, the producer of the show, made fun of me a little bit for, for, being, for being the prep person, but, but thank let, goodness let, let, me, let me read this to you. It is better to stretch and challenge than to become self-important and unproductive. I What, what does that, that statement mean to you? Well, I think if someone imagines that they know everything, mm -hmm. Uh, there's a block, I think, that could come up for further knowledge and further learning. Uh, I, I, because people feel that they don't have to learn because they yeah. already primarily know everything. Exactly, and I think it's a mm -hmm. shutdown in many different ways for that person, even psychologically at some level. Um, it certainly seems like it could be a shutdown in terms of like relationship um, because I think the idea that, you know, if we become too self-absorbed with our learning or don't come outside of ourselves. And again, whether that's sharing that or experiencing that with someone at some level or being able to like be open to learning from someone else, there's got to be something, you know, always that we don't know and how could we know everything? So well, it's and not I'm, finite. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by that idea of self-importance because uh, having s spent my time dealing with a lot of kids and families. Sure. Sometimes younger people don't know that they're coming off as being self-important. Self yeah. yeah, in kid language, yes. we say don't, you don't want to be a know-it-all exactly. because nobody likes the know-it-all. Mm -hmm. um, but as an adult, too, if you think that you know everything about an issue or a subject, mm -hmm. then Right. Why would you listen to somebody if you think you know it all? Right. Why would you why, ever? Why would you listen to somebody mm -hmm. else's opinion? Right. And, and I don't think it's possible to stop learning in some ways. I mean, I think that a person can be shut down or closed off. They could have a, an inflation of their ego that makes mm -hmm. them think that they mm -hmm. are very important and know everything. But I think if we can take a curiosity type of approach and a not knowing, who was it that said the more we know the more we don't know. I mean, that's mm -hmm. true, right? That yeah. we, um, when we're more open in this world, um, I think we realize how infinite it is in terms of knowledge. Well, and I think it's every parent's joy when their own children finally get mm. old enough to acknowledge yeah. that maybe their parents actually know a few things. Exactly. Right. Or that they um, themselves don't know everything they thought mm -hmm. that they knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and be okay with that because it means they need to learn. Right. You know, and that that's not a bad thing. Right, right. Yeah. So um, what is your take on 
the idea that an informed person uh, is an intellectual person. So, in other words, let me let me ask this question in a different way. I know a lot of people that don't read a magazine, don't read a newspaper, mm -hmm. don't turn the news on during the day, and feel okay about it and sometimes mm. even don't want to be abreast of what's going on in the world around them mm -hmm. because it's too distressing. Mm. So as a therapist, what would you tell somebody? I mean, would you, what would you tell somebody who chooses to kind of check out and not be invested in what's going on around them? Well, I would invite someone to really think about mode and modality. Like, what is it that is a good or maybe better fit for them to gather information? I do think it's important that we have an awareness of the world around us and issues that are going around all of us. I think it's a a responsibility at a certain level. I also think that there are times when if somebody's watching the news or if they're reading too much of one subject, they could perseverate or get too fixated on something mm -hmm. and not broaden themselves because they're just looping almost. So I think for some people, watching the news could increase or exacerbate their um, anxiety or stress level, but maybe having a conversation with someone um, and, and maybe reading sort of like, um, or listening to sort of like an abridged version of something is enough for them to gather information but not necessarily trigger off a, a sort of anxiety that they don't need to necessarily stay in. Right. But I do think visiting and recognizing where our limits are um, in terms of what information is healthy or important to us, it's constantly evaluating what's most important to us um, having something that comes outside of us mm -hmm. and focusing on what we can control and what we can't. Those three factors are really important in terms of uh, sort of filtering information. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. all information doesn't, information isn't all knowledge, right? Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, there are many, many different angles and aspects to right. things that are happening in your everyday life. Yes. And it's not all just based on fact. Exactly, and mm -hmm. some of it is about um, problem solving in our lives, mm -hmm. right? And so we have to sort of like decide what information to take and what information to leave and filter, um, and ultimately decide what it is that we're doing with this information. Mm -hmm. And I think the best part of learning and information gathering, I believe, is when we are in a flow. It's not like a stress to be uh, gathering information or right. I remember even the days like college days I'm dating myself but microfiche right mm -hmm. and like filtering through. <laughs> I'm not kidding like Whoa. in the in the catacombs and like literally in this dark space or hole I couldn't <laughs> wait to get out and like look at the sunlight you know but I did love learning it's it, you know but I uh, I think it's important for us to recognize what works for us and when we're in a flow it just falls out I'm you gonna know tell, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell our audience it's a story about you. Okay. I'm going to tell our, it's a story about you as a parent. Okay. And uh, it was probably one of the early on reasons that we became friends uh, as, as deeply and as quickly as we did. Excellent. Uh, you had a child who, uh, you have two children, but you had a particular child who was pretty anxious about high stakes testing. Oh, yes. 
and yes. um, you know in the field of education we like to uh, whip kids into a frenzy over <laughs> their ability yes. to perform yes and I you and I spent a great deal of time talking about how we were going to accommodate yes. his concern over the, this testing right and the testing comes it takes place over a week Oh, right, I, yes. I never see him. Mm -hmm. I never hear from him. Mm -hmm. And a couple weeks later, I run into you and I say, wow, how excited are you that it ended up being a non-event? And you said, well, we, we did a little prep work with him. And uh -huh. I said, well, what did you do? She mm -hmm. said, and you said, mm -hmm. we told him that we didn't care how he did. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. And I, I said, that was it? Yeah, he was mm -hmm. not worried about his own performance from his own angle. Exactly. He was worried about disappointing you. Yes, he was worried about disappointing us, and he was also, it turned into um, not wanting to disappoint himself. Mm -hmm. his, the strategy I believe he used was to first sit down, because he was kind of the fight, flight, or freeze, it would be a freeze, yep. was to sit down and just fill in. There were there were actual bubbles, if mm -hmm. I remember. Yeah. Just to fill in, start filling Fake in bubbles. It. Fake it. Just yep. sort of like start getting the ball rolling, then as your body calms down, start doing what you feel like in terms of paying attention and focusing and all of that. But in order to get it going, he had to sort of just start filling in bubbles. Yep. And turns out, he got a really high score on that. <laughs> and I don't think we ever determined whether or not that was just luck yeah, or circumstance. Exactly. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. But, so, it, but some it, of it, it was did, both. It was, um, I felt like I learned so much from that process. Yeah because it really drove home for me, at the very least, uh, how the fine line between intellectual curiosity, yes. which is something that we want to support in children and Absolutely. we want to encourage them yes. to want to learn, mm -hmm. and that sort of pressure-filled performance aspect. Like it's a job or a chore. Right. It, has, it takes away, depending on the person, a certain kind of um, ownership of that, too. Right, and, yeah. and people start judging themselves yes. based upon scores yep. and performance. Exactly. And I am sure, mm. now that you have used the word microfiche in this <laughs> broadcast, people will realize that you're not as young as they thought uh, you were. Right. That, yes. uh, so I am sure that you can now say in your career, mm. as I have been able to in mine, yea, those many years beyond yours, yes. that um, I know so many young people mm. that struggled with whether or not they were smart, whether right. or not they could perform, mm -hmm. whether or not they had what it, ta it took to be successful. Right. Who have gone on to fabulous, Amazing. fulfilling, mm -hmm. satisfying. satisfying lives mm -hmm. that with purpose and uh, isn't that what we all want? And I'm thinking of a, a client I just met with who, you know, had this vision of how to be successful. Mm -hmm. And when he let go of what that vision was and just sort of allowed himself to do what he feels good at and what he loves to mm -hmm. study, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. um, 
reflect on and things like that. He just, he's been so much more successful in his actual career and just in life, um, but by allowing himself to learn the way he naturally is, is sort mm -hmm. of, um, physically born to do, right? right? And right. so that has been a beautiful thing. I feel like when people can own their learning and not learn for somebody else mm -hmm. or something else, mm -hmm. of course, you know, um, I, I think in schools, in our jobs, in just our personal lives with hobbies, if you don't know if you like it, try it and you, you'll find out, right? right. And the purpose of youth yes. is to find a, a, a higher sense of self yes. that will move you towards hopefully purposeful employment yes. that adds meaning to your life and to the lives of others. Exactly. Uh, and at the same time, making learning part of an ongoing process, a lifelong process. Absolutely. Uh, I hope that when I'm 95 years old, I'm uh, picking up a new habit or a I new hope hobby. So too. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I hope that. Yeah. And so I think that it's important for us to sort of separate out for people that performance, you know, whether it's grades in school or your paycheck, belongs mm -hmm. in one category. Yes. But this idea of intellectual curiosity mm -hmm. that leaves us open to learning new things yes. and sharing our new talents and skills with other people, that that should be a lifelong thing. I agree. And hopefully that is something that every, each and every one of us can embrace and realize that um, it really can't be taken away from us either. We, we need to just understand that we can be a thriving um, intellect, right, in this world, right. no matter what that looks like. Right, right. Yeah. So um, in, in our last few minutes, Diane, um, what advice would you have uh, for parents who have kids that want to learn something or do something that the parent themselves is not interested in? Oh, interesting. Well, I, w I would hope that a parent, if they have the means and the ability to uh, mostly stay out of the way of somebody's mm -hmm. dreams, right? Their attempts to learn something and find what they can do to support that process and happening and recognize that it's important not to be too tied to the outcome of that, mm -hmm. of how it looks or how long it takes or that sort of thing. And more say, you know, give it a try, just show up. It's one of the mantras that I say over and over is just show up, give it a try and then make a choice, right. you know, then decide. But And um, it's important, I think, for us to let our young people know mm -hmm. that they don't have to be Olympic caliber, mm -hmm. they don't have to be an expert in something, that they can do something for the fun of it. Yes, because if the stakes are too high, A, they're not gonna try it, or B, they're gonna feel like um, distracted to the process of actually absorbing and saying, what do I like about this? What do I not like? Do I like it? Mm -hmm. And um, the idea of even doing more of that. So again, if we tie ourselves to the outcome too strongly and have an opinion on what that means, mm -hmm. then it can get in the way of our uh, curiosity and our enjoyment for learning. So learning is learning itself? Actually, yes, mm -hmm. very much so. And it, the idea of experimenting, 
um, failing, whatever that looks like, just trying and saying, I'm going to learn more about myself mm -hmm. through the process of learning. All right, thank you so much yes. for spending this time with me today. Great to see you as always. Uh, I want to remind our viewers that you can pick up our show on BCTV <laughs> On Demand, uh, that you can listen to our podcast in your car, on your way to the grocery store to pick up your own children, and that we will be back next week where I believe we're going to be talking about social wellness. Wow, yeah. Is that the last of the six where we have... No. No, I, Two left? Yep. Great. Emotional wellness will be our final wellness episode. Excellent. And I decided that I couldn't time limit you on that. So, uh, right. <laughs> wow, that's great. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. So have a great week, you and too. I'll see you right back here uh, next, next, next week at the same time. I'll be here. All right. Take care, Diane. Bye. <laughs> you gotta keep your head